Welcome to another message of hope from Gateway Family Church. For more information or to contact us, please visit gateway.asn.au. So weird being introduced as Pastor Singe. Uh, you can, uh, if, if you are here for the first time and I haven't met you before, you can just feel free to call me Singe. Pastor Singe is completely unnecessary. How's everybody? Has everyone had a good... Lucky I like you, Geordie. Uh, <laughs> oh, controversial, Sinjin. Alrighty, alrighty. Oh, look, I'm pretty excited. And actually, the funny thing is, after making... I didn't even do this on purpose, but this is actually like a perfect segue into the start of my message. After making like a whole thing about being Pastor Singe now, and again, it's very unnecessary to call me that, I actually... Um, I was reflecting this week on, on what I was going to share tonight. And uh, I actually wanted to share with you a little bit of the journey from when I was your age to being a pastor now. Because uh, I, I kind of, I mean, I'd never forgotten, but I, I was just really reminded, really reminded. For anybody who doesn't know, I've just recently sort of been officially made the youth pastor here. But um, I, I actually realized that this has been like a, like a 15-year journey for me, probably. Because the interesting thing about me being a pastor now, or the thing that I think might be interesting to you guys, is that I actually remember about 15 years ago, I was uh, at a, a conference in the city, so it was like this, but with just a few more people. And uh, we were during uh, at the end of a message, uh, the guy who was speaking said, so what I want you guys to do now, like the band's going to come back up, they're going to play, and what I want you guys to ask God is what he wants you to do with your lives. And I was, I don't know exactly, I think I, I, think I was 14. I'm pretty sure I was 14, I'm 29 now, so I think it's 15 years. But, all right, cool your jets, guys. So it's about 15 years, but I remember, I don't remember much about that conference. I don't remember much, but I remember in that moment standing there worshiping, saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And hearing back very clearly that I was going to be a pastor one day when I was 14 years old. And I mean, it kind of is a little bit meaningless at 14, but you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs on the journey since then. And the, the, the next down on that journey was actually walking to the train station after that session because I had a very well-meaning, uh, very well-meaning youth leader uh, who asked me how I'd gone that night. Did I hear anything from God? What was going on, Singe? And I said, look, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm new to this whole hearing from God thing, but I don't know. You know how he said, ask God what you want what he wants you to do in the future, I think that I'm going to be a pastor. And this youth leader said to me, oh, that's, that's cool, Sinjin. Like, you know, a lot of people would like to do that for a job. Like, what would you do for your actual job? Like, how would you actually make money if you were going to do that kind of thing? And like, I, I think it's totally innocent. Like, that's a very practical question to ask. I'm not saying he didn't think it could be true. I just think maybe that's where he was in life. But, you know, for a little while, I kind of agreed with him because... I was only 14 and I didn't know much and I certainly didn't know much about like how to know if I was hearing from God on that. But, but yet this, that, that thought never really left me for some reason. And that was the first hint to me that maybe it was something that God had actually said to me. It never, it never quite left. And, and I, I changed schools that year as well. And, um, 
One of the things I did when I went to this new school was because I'd been following following God for a while since I was young, but I I hadn't been very good at following God at school. Like I went to Flinders, and look, I don't know what it's like at Flinders, but it wasn't very cool to be a Christian when I was at Flinders, right? It wasn't cool. Like people didn't really admit that they were Christians when I was going to Flinders, and. Uh, but I decided that I was going to this new school and that I was going to stand up for my faith. That I was going to, if anybody asked me if it came up for some reason, that I would tell them. And so for me, that was a really encouraging time where I started hearing from God again and, and seeing stuff happen and, and seeing friends come to church for the first time. And, and that, was, that was pretty cool. And uh, I kept on going through, and, and as I was starting to do a bit more stuff around the church, I got a little bit more discouraged again, because as I was doing stuff around the church, I realized that there were things that I wasn't very good at that I probably needed to be good at, to keep on following the plan that God had for me. And this is uh, something that we call being stretched or growing sometimes, where people tell you things that you need to hear, that you don't really want to hear, that mean you have to change things about yourself. And they're not very fun. And I was a bit discouraged in this time, kind of going, I don't know, maybe I don't have what it takes. Like, maybe I'm not the right person. You know, God, I'm kind of thinking about this, but, but maybe, that's, maybe that's not me in this stretching time. But then there was also encouragement from the same people, the same people who were trying to grow me. They were also the ones who encouraged me, keep on going. And we're sort of heading into my like early 20s now. And, and uh, I had a whole different career that I loved. I've talked about that in the past. It's not really relevant now, but I had this whole other career. But I kind of had this thing that God had me on this path with young people. And maybe that was heading somewhere, but I didn't know how it fitted with work. And, and then I started on staff at church one day a week, just one day a week. I had to balance that with work. That was actually really hard. It was kind of discouraging, to be honest, on, on some level once I'd started. And, uh, you know, then there's, there's other discouragement that comes from circumstances. So when stuff in life didn't quite work out how I wanted it to, when I didn't get jobs, when, if I'm really honest, you know, times where like the amount of time I got to work at church got expanded, but not quite by as much as I would have hoped. And there were these times of discouragement, but I had these great coaches and these great encouragers who would say, no, St. John, it's okay, you can keep on going. You can get through this. Or I'd have arguments or I'd have a real tough week and they'd go, no, St. John, it's okay, you can, keep on, you can keep on going. You can do this. There were times literally where I felt like packing up all my stuff, moving to another state and just getting a new job like in my old job and then I would just do that and I could just forget about the church thing for a while. But I had great encouragers who said, no, St. John, keep on going. And so over this 15 years, when I was a 14-year-old kid who didn't know what, whether God was talking to me or not, I realized 15 years later that God's been true to his word in my life, which is pretty amazing, to be honest. I was actually kind of flawed. I didn't realize I'd been on this thing. We were talking about things. We'd been talking about you know, how jobs would change and stuff. And I, I suddenly realized, literally in the last two weeks, I suddenly went, wow, God said something to a 14-year-old kid at a random conference, and through all the ups and downs, all the times I was discouraged, that has turned out to be true. And I just think that's absolutely amazing. I mean, there's been so many things that have led me to believe that God is true, but for me, that is just, that's crazy. 15 years since I was 14, and I wasn't sure whether I heard from God. And you know, the funny thing was, I was reflecting on all of this, and I thought that maybe tonight's message, maybe tonight's message was going to be on that on how God is true to his word and 
how he has a plan for all of us and how it's a good plan. But as time went on, I realized we've kind of heard that message a lot, right? And although it's a good message and it is true, and I don't want you to think that it isn't, although it's a good message, I think sometimes it can feel a little bit impractical when that's not where you are, right? Like when I was the 15-year-old kid, he thought maybe I'd heard from God, maybe I was going to be a pastor, but I didn't know how I was going to get there. I was still in school. That's a pretty impractical message. It's, it's hopeful, like it feels good, but it's pretty impractical. And what I realized that God really wanted me to talk to you about tonight was my support network that got me here and got me through the hard times and 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 has really, yeah, really, really helped me make it to to now. Not that I've made it now, but it's helped me make it to now. Not that I've made it. Uh, anyway, that's there's a Bible verse about that somewhere. Um, so for me, there are three part, three important parts of the of the support network for me. Uh, the first one shouldn't be a shock to anybody. Now that I'm a pastor, the first one, the first one's God. The second part is coaches. And the third part is my trusted friends. So for me, firstly, I've made the decision that God is the foundation of my support network. And that's important because firstly, it's not other people. The foundation of my support network is what God thinks of me and the plan that he has for me and where he's taking me. That has to be the foundation for me. Now, you might not be there with God, and I'm actually not going to do a big sell because I'm hoping that a bit of my story and a bit of my experiences will do the sell. So I'm not going to do a whole big sell and talk to you about all those things, but I'm just going to tell you about why, to me, it makes sense for God to be the foundation, not other people. Firstly, I believe that God knows me and he loves me and he has a plan for me. And if that's true, if that's true then surely the logical decision is to make him the center of your support structure, right? If there's a God who made the earth and who still knows you and thinks that you're incredible and thinks that you have, and has a plan for you, then surely it's logical that he's the foundation. Stage moves, it's amazing. Uh, didn't fall over though. Winning. Uh, second reason is that God has caused crazy things to happen around me and through me and in me. My 15-year story to now might have taken a bit longer than I thought. It might not have gone exactly how I thought it would. It had good times, but it also had bad times. But I wouldn't give any of it back now because now I get to look back and see how God was shaping me and changing me through it. And also just there's been crazy fun times. There's been crazy God times where he's doing weird things that I don't get at all. And it's just the best And thirdly, because God has always been present. And what I've realized looking back, even as a 14-year-old kid, when I wasn't sure, God's always been talking to me and, and trying to have a conversation with me if I wanted to hear it. And you know, even in times, there's been times where God has felt like he's been quiet. But when I look back, he's been the support that's never left and never failed me at any time. So here's my top tip for making God part of your support network. Get better or work on hearing more from God. Now look, the number one question I get in my conversations with people is, 
how do I hear from God, right? I'm sure there's people out there going like, oh yeah, that's what I've been asking. It's the number, absolute number one question that I get asked. And I think that's because a lot of people they've heard about or maybe they've had one or two really dramatic experiences with God, right? You hear about these crazy things going on and people seeing things or hearing things or just crazy stuff, right? And you think that that's how you're supposed to hear from God. And I remember feeling like that. I remember having some of those experiences and then going home and going, but I don't get that once I get home. Does that mean I'm not hearing from God? But far more common, if you talk to people who've been Christians for a long time, including me, far more commonly, you hear God's still small voice in the ordinary things where you make time to hear from him. Reading a Bible, praying quietly, reflecting on life. During worship, when you ask him, God, what are you trying to say to me? Or maybe just as a thought that pops into your head that just doesn't quite belong to you, like, Sinjin, you're going to be a pastor one day. You know, and in Equip, these are the things we're going to be exploring. So make sure you hang around for that after youth if you're interested. We're going to be talking about ways to connect with God. And you know, we, we hear these, these, these examples of the still small voice all through the Bible, but there's one that I absolutely love. It's in a, a crazy old book. It's a little bit crazy, uh, but I love the Bible. And this is what it says. The Lord's talking to a prophet called Elijah, and it says this. The Lord says, Go and stand on the mountain, for I'm about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks, but God was not in the wind. And the, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a wildfire, but God was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And that, that was God. Still, small, steady, just waiting for you to hear from him. So that's great. I want to hear from God. Maybe he is talking to me. But if it's in all these normal things, how do I know if it's God or if I'm just being an idiot, right? This is the question 14-year-old Singe is asking himself about being a pastor one day. Am I actually going to be a pastor? Is like my brain just on overdrive. Like It's like the fourth night of Cam No Fear. Like the fourth night? I was speaking out in faith, guys. Fourth night of camp. Um, for, it's like the third night of camp. I'm super tired. I'm sad. I don't even know. I don't even remember what the voice inside my head sounds like normally anymore. Like, am I actually going to be a pastor one day? But there are a few simple questions that you can ask yourself and or ask others that will help you tell if it's something that comes from God. So firstly, is it wise? Does this sound like a wise thing to do with my life? Yes, maybe it's God. Does it fit with what the Bible says? God says that the Bible is the written word that he's left behind for us and that we can trust him. He's not going to contradict the Bible. Does this line up with my character and God's character and my past experiences of God? If it does, maybe it's God. If it doesn't, maybe it's just a crazy thought. And lastly... What do the people I trust most think of what I think I'm hearing from God? Like if it's a really big thing and you need to check it with somebody else who knows God and who you trust, then do that. That's a totally normal thing to do. But from my personal experience as a teenager, the single biggest thing that was holding me back from trusting God and from hearing his voice 
was really just my own pride. It was really just my own pride. If I start listening to God and doing a few of these weird things, what will people think of me? What will they say? If I decide to prioritize youth over some other things that my friends want me to go to, what are they going to say? What are they going to think? Am I going to look like I'm crazy? And you know, for me, I only broke that barrier because I decided to just give it a crack and trust God 100% and take a chance when I thought I was hearing from God because I believe that God wants to speak to you and he wants you to hear him. And I, I believe with all of my heart that if you take a chance, take a chance on something that you think is God and give it those tests to you know, have your best crack and have a go at it, then I believe that God will start doing amazing things in your life that you've been waiting for him to do. And of course, if you don't know God, this might all sound a little bit crazy or you might be hearing it and go, I don't know, that sounds kind of cool. Well, make sure you grab one of our awesome youth team. We'd love to talk to you more about it. I don't have time to do the full sell right now, but all I can tell you is that God does love you. God does have a plan for you and he wants to speak to you and he wants to be part of your support network. So the next layer of my support network is having a coach. So your coach is somebody that you invite to actively help you in your life, that you give permission to encourage you and you give them permission to stretch you and you also give them permission, and this one's a little bit scary, you also give them permission to occasionally ask you, are you sure about that? Is that really a great decision to make? Your coach needs to be somebody you trust and you respect and who's a little bit further along in life than you are so that you can take all the benefit of their experiences that they can give to you. Having a coach can be hard because they'll push you, but they're also the person who knows how you're really going and can provide you with some feet on the ground support when you need it or when life's tough. A great coach will turn up when life's gone haywire and they'll laugh with you when life's going great. But they'll also set goals with you so that you can grow into being the person that you want to be in future. So here's my top tip for making a coach a part of your support network. Look for someone a bit further along in life than you, like someone from the youth team, who you can look at and, look at and say, if I turned out like them, I'd be proud of who I was. That's how you figure out someone who would be a great coach for you. So the last, the last part of this support network is my trusted friends. I'm very specific with that phrase, my trusted friends. I have plenty of friends, but I have a smaller circle who are my trusted friends. They're people who are more around my age than the coach that I have, and we can celebrate and we can commiserate as we travel life together. They're not always great for advice because... We're making the same mistakes and we have the same blind spots as each other because we're kind of at the same spot in life. But they're great companions on that journey that you can, I can just relax with and, and, yeah, and just be in the same level as. Look, we've all had experiences with good and bad friends and this isn't about to turn into like a bullying lecture, so don't stress about that. But a key thing here is to make sure that this group of trusted friends are people who are worth trusting. Not just people, not just the people that you get on with the best. 
Does that make sense, guys? So people who are worth trusting, not just the people that you get on with the best. I'm not saying you ignore people who don't fit a certain mold. You can still be friends with people. But I absolutely believe this classic saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You can have friends outside of your trusted circle of friends and not all of my friends outside of that group of trusted trusted friends. Not all of them are necessarily bad, but I've just selected a few who are my real trusted people for when it's something serious so that I don't just have 10 people to go to, so that I don't just end up going to whoever happens to be online at that point in time who I'm kind of friends with, with something that's real serious. And uh, moving on from that point, I've got a top tip for making trusted friends a part of your support network. And I'm afraid it might be a little bit unpopular, so just brace yourselves in case I'm right about that. This is my top tip for improving your circle of trusted friends. Learn to get better at face-to-face interaction. Okay, I'm not telling you you're doing a horrible job, right? And I'm not anti-social media, and I chat to my friends on crazy things and text them and send them memes and even send them Snapchats now, which is just crazy for me, right? I know, I don't, yeah, it's amazing, amazing how these things happen. But I'm not anti any of those things, but, but I have worked with youth for 10 years. I've done research, I've read books, and I'm firmly firmly convinced, firmly convinced that face-to-face interaction and conversation about deeper things is critical to our emotional well-being. And I'm not saying that as like an empty thing or someone who just wants to tell you how to live your life. I'm telling you, I think that this is what's important for your emotional well-being. Some of you are probably thinking, what would I know? Like, I'm not a teenager anymore. But if you trust me, if you trust me, I'm sure that you'll have deeper, better relationship with your friends, your coaches, and God if you choose to open up. So you might be sitting there going, that's not me. Don't worry, I've got this all together, Sinjin. So I've got some examples here that I want you to think about that might, might mean that you're a person who might be able to improve their face-to-face interaction. So firstly, are you the sort of person who only talks face-to-face with somebody once a situation is totally out of hand, like once you're totally at the end of the rope, at the end of your rope, all of a sudden you go find somebody to actually talk to and actually deal with the issue. If that's the case, maybe you need to improve how you interact with people face to face. Or maybe you're the sort of person who finds it easier to have deep conversations online because it feels a little bit different to doing it face to face. And you avoid them in real life for some reason. It's a great thing to be able to communicate with people at all times of the night. Don't get me wrong. But there is nothing like sitting down with somebody and being able to talk openly face to face with them. And lastly, do you tend to thank and show your appreciation for the people who mean a lot to you via text or online instead of face to face? If you do, maybe that's something you need to work on as well. Here's my challenge to you. Maybe you feel a little bit alone in life. Maybe you're not necessarily feeling alone, but you wish you had some deeper friendships. Then practice doing some of these things face to face. 
Because something changes when you are vulnerable in real life with another person. And it's as simple as this. This week, just pick somebody who you think is awesome. One of your trusted friends, a coach, a sibling, a parent, a teacher, whoever. And take a moment to tell them face-to-face why you appreciate them. And see what a difference it makes for how you feel about having that conversation, but also what a difference it makes to that person as you encourage them. Look, I know we have covered a lot of ground tonight. I know we have. But I'm hoping and praying that out of those things that I've spoken to, spoken about, about support networks, because I just want you guys to have incredible support networks. I want you guys to feel so supported and that when life is tough, that there are people who are there for you. And maybe you're there already. Maybe you go like, yep, I've got awesome, I've got an awesome support network. It's all totally under control. But I know there's a lot of people here who don't feel like that. I know there's a lot of people who don't feel like that. I know there's people who, if God said something crazy to you during worship tonight, like maybe you're going to be a pastor one day, you would not have the people around you to help you get there. And that is not what we want for you. The church was built for community. And you know, our motto for this year, our sort of motto is, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. And it reflects that. It's tough in life when our support network is flimsy. And I've had times in life where I felt like my support network was a little bit flimsy. But this is a place that you can strengthen yours with God, with coaches, and with trusted friends. So why don't you take the opportunity to have a go at that and be welcomed and strengthen your support network. Does that sound good? So, we have an opportunity now. We're going to have the band come up, and in particular, if you want to strengthen that support network, if you have something you want to talk to God about, or, or if you want to ask God, what do you want me to do in the future? Or maybe just for the first time say, you know, God, I'm not just going to think about the lyrics of this song, but God, what do you want to say to me tonight? And take a moment to listen. Then this is your opportunity. Thanks for listening to this message from Gateway Family Church. We hope you join us again for another great message next week. For more information or to contact us, head to gateway.asn.au.